Trying to be doing that bullshit. bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. That's a good news. Welcome back. Oscar week. Yes, with Brian Simpson. This, y'all will probably be seeing this next week, but still. Everyone wants my take. No, nobody gives a fuck. It, there's been nonsense. Because this, this was such a cultural phenomenon because, one, you know, unprecedented and all of that. But two... It wasn't just a comedian that got slapped. It was like the comedian. You know, it was like legendary, you know, um, Chris Rock. So it set something off in the comedy community where everyone, you know, everyone's just put all their creative powers. Like like immediately afterwards, people were tweeting for like 48 hours because it's because every comic felt some kind of way about it. So it's like you unleash that. Hold that microphone. You unleash that whole thing of, you know, comedians going to defend comedians, man. And I mean, and rightly so. <laughs> I mean, that shit was bullshit. Because um, you can't take a joke to behave like that. Mm, it's crazy. Um, uh, but the other side of it, too, is it's like, I don't I don't hate Will Smith. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm I'm all about I don't know him personally, but I but people that I do know personally, you know, have have uh you know, that have worked with him or for him, they all speak of him very, like you know, he's a very thoughtful and gracious and helpful person, you know. I don't think he's like evil, you know, cuz people, you know, it's I don't know what the fuck was going on with him at the Oscars in that moment and I, you know, I, Whatever, whatever the fallout of that is, you know, he got to wear that. But at the same time, it's like I don't hate them. Like I, people, some people, some people act like there's this dichotomy. Like you either you're Team Chris or Team Will. It's like no, no. I think what Will did was fucked up. Um, obviously that shit should never happen. You, you know, it's like you're in an, you're in an environment where you know you're gonna get roasted, and then you 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 overreact to the lamest tamest of jokes. Which was really a non-joke. It was really more of a. It was really more of a wink, you know. It was really more of a. I see you there, you know. It wasn't even a. a it wasn't even a biting, attacking joke, you know. Low, low key, like the funniest part of the whole thing was after the slap. Chris Rock is like, it was a GI Jane joke. Like it's not even a topical thing. It's such a lightweight right. dig. And, and I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but after the fact, people are like. Well, she's been battling alopecia, and it's like that's not a serious disease. Come on, like they, because they 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 speaking of alopecia in the in the same terms as like terminal cancer or or uh, multiple sclerosis or something like that. That's just debilitating. And it's like, and I get it. it, you know, balding is real serious for women. You know what I mean? And it, you know, I, there's women that's been in my family that I didn't know they was balding until they died. You know, it's 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 a it's a low key because a lot more women experience balding than are willing to like admit. You know, because they got they got all wigs and extensions and all kind of shit. I just learned recently that white women get get uh, extensions. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Anyway, the point is, or oh, tracks. I mean, um, but the point is, is it's just that I don't. You know. I think the road for redemption is always open. I don't. I don't know him to be an evil person. He's never behaved 
Well, actually, maybe maybe what he did to the on Viv. But I think he apologized to her, right? To black on Viv? I believe he did, um, yeah. But my point is, it's just that... You know, also, we have been watching him since he was a teenager. Pretty, like, He's been famous for a long time. Yeah. And so... 30 years, I think. 40 years, maybe. 40 years, something like that. So, so to, to not have fucked up that often over that period of time with that oh, yeah. much scrutiny on you is pretty impressive. Yeah, but also, so is Chris Rock. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so so that's the whole other thing is like, a lot of times I think the discussion is too, because, because, you know, like I said, I think the role for redemption should be open. I don't think you should be judged by your lowest moment or your two lowest moments. It's like, because that's not the totality of who you are or who you are striving to be. Now, having said that, that doesn't excuse what the fuck happened. You know, because that's the other thing, man. It's like, people are just, people are, People are sick of your family. You know what I mean? People just want, and they, I, I saw today they were like, uh, it's, "They're gonna discuss it on the new on the newest Red Table Talk." And I was like, "Nobody wants that." I, well, some people people are gonna watch it, but I don't want to see that. Shit. You know, it's like I'm. I, 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 well, I well, let me rephrase that. I would rather because I'm gonna watch it if they do it. But but I'm saying I would rather just just not do it. You know, it's like. The, You know, because they they still seem to be you know rather proud of themselves, but because to me too is like the biggest villain in the in the room was the rest of the people in the room <laughs> that like gave a standing ovation like forty minutes later like like that shit didn't happen or even during it there I mean half the people when they cut to the audience reaction they're like oh shit like they it was like world star bullshit that they were seeing they weren't acting like adults about it you know and then it was only later on that there was all the hand wringing and pearl clutching yeah. about what went down. The most irritating take I saw on the first day was just there was people that were like, "Well, well, finally, you know, comedians will know that they can't cross her." It's like, "Get the fuck out of here." Okay, don't go to comedy shows, don't go to roast sessions, don't go to uh uh roasts or or the or award shows and sit in the front row and not because this this is another thing people don't understand. Those first 3 rows of people, though that is that is where all the evil is. It's like that's what the, t- the talent is in there too, mixed in. But all of the pe- the people on the wings, those people, like th- they're not. I th- I put it like this: it, it it's a room full of people that did that still gave a standing ovation after that. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess that's not even the point. I guess you have to kind of, if you're there, you got to kind of play along. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, some people refuse to clap or whatever, but well, but also, I mean, even in the moment, some people thought it was a, it was an act. Some people thought it was a bit. Like, there's lots of yeah. well, some know. people thought he shouldn't receive the award, and I disagree with that. You sure. know what I mean? I mean, it's like it's like because it, it, it's almost like you know how we we don't we find out who uh, who the MVP is after the Super Bowl. Right, and they give them the trophy after they give the or the, or basketball or whatever. They give them the trophy after they give the championship trophy. Right, so we find out who the MVP of the playoffs is in the in the right. NBA. After so, but it's like so they so the votes are tallied. We know who it is, you know. And right before they give it to him, say he turns around and punches somebody in the face. He's still the MVP. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He won Best Actor. I don't. It, it, the thing he did to win that is still intact. So I don't, you know, it's like, I don't know if he's, maybe they shouldn't have given him the award right then or, or you could, something like that. But to take it away is insane. Especially like to give it to him and then take it away afterwards. Like, well, he didn't do it after he got it. It's one, you know what I mean? It's one thing if it's like, 
the Miss Universe or whatever gets the award and then her sex tape gets released a month later and then they take the award away, right? They take that prize away because it's like, oh, that's unbecoming of whatever. But that's not what's happening yeah, with this. There's nothing in the bylaws that says you lose your trophy if you if you hit someone. I don't even think there's anything in there about hitting someone. There's people who have done way worse who still have Oscars. Who 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 got the Oscars like well after. Yeah. yeah. And, but 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 yeah, but not only that, but it's like the 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 Hollywood elite in that room, all they the uh, the the Academy or whatever they I don't who the fuck are these people I don't even know, but they they it's a secret right still yeah and but they all they care about is how they look they're they're like the NFL it's like the, what they care about is protecting the brand of the Oscars they the, which is why they're like launching an investigation first of all that's the biggest bunch of bullshit every time I've ever heard that. Especially if it's been about me, like if it's at a job or something, they're like, we, well, we'll investigate. It's like, they're not investigating any, anything. It's like, what is there to investigate? What is there to investigate? You, It's in 4K. Because it's like, it's like how pol- some police departments do. It's like, it's in 4K from multiple angles, and we all saw it. What are you looking at? There was a video where they caught the cop on camera. Well, they caught the, the uh, a civilian caught the cop on camera, like tossing a baggie into the back of the car that they were quote-unquote inspecting and or searching and when there was like a big public outcry over it they're like oh we put him on administrative leave while we investigate the situation it's like what are you going to investigate right we have a video of him planting evidence um well let me ask you this question though so there's two two elements here that i think people focused on first was whether or not chris rock should have made that joke. That's what you were kind of getting at with the alopecia thing. Right. And some people are saying, you know, oh, that's ableist or whatever, which I don't, that might be a little much because I'm not sure alopecia. Alopecia is a disease. It's a serious disease. But I wouldn't it, call well, it a disability. It's, it's technically a disability, but you can't get disability for it. That's, that's definitely true. Yeah. yeah. And then, so first question is, if you were Chris Rock, would you have said that joke? Yes. You were, yes. Okay. I, actually, no. I would have said something worse if they would have let me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, what we talk about. In fact, worse things were said before that. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's like it's like that. But that's that's the, that's the rub. Listen, because some people were calling for there to be no comedy at the Oscars from that from this point forward. Um, wouldn't be that big of a change. Well, the thing is, well, you know, because these networks they water shit down so much. But the, but the, but the point is. The reason why the Golden Globes are always so dope when Ricky Gervais hosts is because and and the reason they started having comics do the Oscars is because it it because without comedy there, without roasting there, without taking all those rich fucks down a peg, it's just a room full of people fucking jerking each other off. It's just a room full of elitist billionaires congratulating each other. And it's boring. <laughs> you know, nobody wants to see that. You know, I mean, people want to find out who won, but especially nowadays in the social media age, you can just wake up because no. Here's the, here's the thing: no one was watching the Oscars. I mean, very few no. people were watching the Oscars. We all watched this moment, but I have I didn't I have not seen a single other second of the award show. You know? I don't, and I don't know who else won really. I mean, I follow animation and stuff, so I know that. Uh, well, stuff, well, I know but... that I know Questlove won because that that was the documentary that Chris Rock was presenting. Uh, he won for best documentary, um, and I know that Will Smith won best actor, and I know that uh, I forget the coda. Coda won best picture. 
Code one best picture. Um, but I learned so that, I learned all that in the context of talking about this to other people. So so the sec- second aspect to this that people focus on is if you were in Will Smith's shoes, what is the appropriate reaction to Chris Rock? The appropriate re- it's, it's the same. It don't have this. Don't have shit to do with Will Smith or Chris Rock. It's like if you're in a if you're if you're in a comedy environment or comedy show, or in a situation like that where you're going to be roasted or there's comedy or whatever, your choices are laugh or don't laugh. That's it. Everything else is inappropriate. Or leave. That's a, Laugh, don't laugh, leave. That's it. Those are your choices. You you don't get to attack anybody. You don't get to scream shit. I mean, listen, you can do whatever. You can behave however you want. But I'm just talking about what's appropriate. It's not acceptable for you to interrupt the show. It's not acceptable for you to scream shit. It's not acceptable for you to to hit nobody. It ain't because because you know and, and that's the thing too is every comic has been in that situation where some where where a heckler or someone has had too much right because because what happens is people are drunk or their little pride get wounded or they secretly want to be comedians and they and they want to you know interrupt your joke with a little funny line sometimes it's funny most of the time it isn't 99% of the time it isn't but the point is you get heckled and or some people just think that's how it is that's how it works right? I, I i brought a I, I brought my cousin to a comedy show one time at the at the store and before we went in he was like hey just let me know when it's the time where you're allowed to like heckle like he thought that was part of the show, it's not. and I was right. like, "Never, there's not, there's no. not. You don't wait for that now, from me because that's never going to happen." But here it is: what, what, what happens a lot of times is that the the heckler does not realize at first how overmatched they are. You know, especially with a seasoned comic, a lot of times it's like if you heckle it's certain comics. I mean, anybody that's been doing it for longer than you know, eight years or so, something like that, seven, eight years. It's like, if you heckle the wrong motherfucker, it's like, they're, not only are they seasoned comedians, it's like, you're most likely their first comedian that they've heckled. And, or even if it's your fifth or sixth, you're you're their thousandth heckle. They they got, you know, they got, they got shit in the chamber for you. And, and off the dome. Like, they just so used to, because I get heckled so often, or at least interrupt it so often that I, you know, it's you you stand almost no chance. You know what I mean? Unless you're a comedian yourself, maybe. But but it's like, so a lot of times. So on top of that being outwitted, you know, because they're also usually drunk, or you know, and they ain't got no microphone. They don't have a my, microphone. Microphone always my, beats my, no microphone. My voice is amplified, and, and and so a lot of times they at first it starts out with them thinking. That you know they gonna get a little quick comment in, and that's gonna be the end of it. And then they end up running out of things. You know, it's almost like when we used to play the dozens. I don't know what y'all call it, snapping, joning. When I was little, it's like the the. As soon as you ran out of stuff, it would go your mama. Who you, don't say nothing about my mama, and then his hands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because when you when you when people get out with it and they got nothing left, it's like that's their instinct is they want to threaten. So every my point is. Every, most comics have been in a situation where they've been threatened by a heckler or, you know, or I'm going to meet you outside or any of that other shit. And it almost, they almost never do. No one ever says, Oh, I know you be, I'm going to come back. They never come back. 
So that's why the weird, the, 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 that's why that's another thing that's kind of off about this situation where it doesn't seem like their explanation is because it's like most people really like they realize the gravity of the moment. It's like, oh, so you're gonna get up and and come on stage? That's gonna make, like that's about to be a situation. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy to me it's that easy to he just didn't leave. get stopped because there's there's security there. If it if it had been a seat filler stood up and started striding towards the stage, he would have been stopped immediately. That would have been hand on chest. Yeah, but I think, but I, think the I think they are friends or at the very least colleagues, and I don't think anyone expected that. Yeah, him to slap somebody. It's like nobody expected. I don't even think Chris Rock expected it up until the last moment, right? You know, so it was like, you know, and it's Will Smith. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, are you going to be the security guard that stops Will? That put your hands on Will Smith or on a on a hunch? No, you're fucking not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it, they couldn't have stopped him, but they but they could have stopped him on the way back to his seat. They could somebody could have came up and talked to him, or he sits down and it's like oh, we're going to go to commercial, and then you know they pull him no, aside. And... I actually think it was a commercial, right? No, 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 it wasn't. It, it no, was they it was, kept... yeah, it was live because uh, they I remember they cut the audio, so it's for original video. But here's the other thing I fucking hate. This is the take that I really hate. Is there's this whole idea that like. Because some uh, some people aren't aware, this was the blackest Oscars of all time. This was, oh, forgive me, ancestors. I don't remember the name of the the, the, the guy that directed it, uh, but uh, off the top of my head because I'm high. But very very prestigious. Um, Will Packer. Will Packer. Fuck. Will Packer. Very prestigious black. And then he brought on a black team. Everybody was black behind the scenes. And so, you know, it was it was that. And uh, Alan Blackstone was was part of it. He had yeah. a whole he had a whole team. Yeah, the whole team was black. And and so and so some people's take on it is well now you reflect. I think Kareem Abdul Jabbar wrote some shit like now you're reflecting bad on the white community and you're giving comfort to the enemy because you're 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 proving that we're more violent and all this. But it's like man, fuck all of that outdated shit. Like listen, it it, it did ruin. A, you know, it did take away from the celebration of like this being like the blackest Oscars ever. But it but I hate the take of like. There's this thing amongst like some older black folks where it's like not in front of white people, you know. Look how you made us look to them, like as if, as if the way we behave, like as as if your behavior is going to change a racist's mind. Racist shit happens to you when you're on your best behavior. That's respectability politics, right? Exactly, respectability. That bullshit. Where it's like, oh, we don't, you know, don't don't look, don't let the white folks see you act. You know, it's like fuck that. The so just argue, don't act like that. The argument against all that shit is Barack Obama, who. What, what do you mean? Well, he acted respectably, like he he. Oh right, exactly. Had, well, yeah, that's and, a, and people were still like, "Oh, how dare he wear a tan suit?" They still called him a thug. They still exactly. had pictures of him with a bone through his nose and all kinds of bullshit. It's just like it's just like whenever I hit, whenever a racist person brings up uh, Martin Luther King. Uh, you know, as an example of like how you should behave, just remind them that they shot him in the head. <laughs> Okay, I shouldn't laugh at that, but that's it's 100% true. true. He got shot at the end, so if so, it's like the, the respectability shit is out the window to me. It's like don't I just don't like that angle of that take. The take's fine. It it did affect you know it was supposed to be a, 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 a it was supposed to be a great a beautiful night at the Oscars, and then a and then a and then a and then a, 
another little jewel on the crown of black folks. And it took away from all of that. It took away from the Venus and Serena, the movie and the, so that's true. But this whole like, don't embarrass us in front of the white folks. That's, I, I just don't get that. It also centers white people's attitude toward black people. You know what I mean? It's not, it, it makes it not about what black people are doing. It's like about white people now again, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. For me, it's like, yeah, yeah I'm, 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 I'm past that. You know, I was like, I, um, but anyway, th- you, th- those are my takes. Um, you know, some people feel more strongly about certain aspects of it. You know, but at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, if I have to choose a side, I'm definitely firmly on Chris Rock's side. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, again, I don't want. Will, Will Smith to be destroyed. I don't want him to be in prison. I don't want him to lose his trophy. But actually, I don't know what I don't really know what I want from him. But I want Chris Rock to be okay. I want Chris Rock to come out with some funny shit about it. You know, but you know he shouldn't have to do that. He shouldn't be in a position because he 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 was already ready. His tour start this week. Yeah, and he was already ready to do that, and already had the hour ready, and now. Because, you, cause, you know, some people don't realize how much work goes into that, into getting your hour ready, getting ready to tour it, and 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 being rearing the ghost, tour starting, and now you're forced to in, inject new material into your 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 game plan. You know, it's like it's like having to change the game plan the day of the game when you were, you know you 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 you've been working from from Tuesday to Saturday game planning for this other team and then Sunday you got to change it all up you know it's like that's what that's what it is it's like it's something planned out it, it had a theme he had all the tags he, or maybe not everything you know what I'm saying but the transitions and all of that working and now he's got a, now he has to address this oh and let me and let me let me address a whole another little a little a little side note here so he the someone filmed a video of his first tour date after the Oscars yesterday of him saying you know at the beginning of his set that like He'll have material for us soon, but he doesn't have any, right? But he's still mm-hmm. he's still processing. Well, he'll have material for it soon. What I hate about about that is because because it, it was in I forget what major publication it was in. A lot of them picked up on it and posted the video. And here's the thing: fuck these people that are cell phone recording in comedy shows. We have to stop rewarding them with attention because that's also bullshit. I don't give a fuck what they unearthed, what they, you know, I don't give a fuck how after the fact you justify doing this. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times it's like, you know, like certain comments have been in trouble, Louis C.K. or Dave Chappelle or somebody like that or or been on the heat and people go in trying to record it, trying to catch something controversial or, or whatever, right? You know, and it's like, and then and then after the fact, they catch something controversial when they act like they ain't do nothing wrong. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like it's like you know you hear the old the whole wives teller the motherfucker they're like you know b- breaking somebody's house and he falls through the skylight and falls on top of the knives in the kitchen and then he sues them. You know it's that kind of shit where it's like no you what were you doing? It's like it's like it's like it's like if I, it's like it's like it's like if I catch the pre- if I catch the president on tape, you know, um, fucking his subordinate, you know, and then nobody cares why I was in the closet. With a, with a camcorder. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why the fuck are you going to comedy shows recording? They don't want you to do that. Yeah. 
You don't have permission to do it. There's a reason for that is because they're working this shit out. They're working this shit out. You know, the later in the tour you go see them, the better and tighter and firmer the shit is. And they don't want to put it out publicly until it's ready. Right. So it's like, you know this, you're, you, you can't call yourself a fan and then disrespect the person you came to see by recording their material and putting it on, on online. But that elevates them, the, the, the person recording it. That in their mind elevates them if they can catch somebody. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe, but it, but you're you're still a trash person. Oh, for sure, you're a trash human being. It's cause, cause, same thing. It's like, listen, if you spend your days hiding in people's closet, you know, hiding in hotel room closets, hoping you catch a senator cheating on his wife, you're still a piece of shit, even when you catch one. From a philosophical standpoint, do you feel like? There's sort of a magic circle around when you're in the comedy club. Like this is, this is between the comedian and the audience, and they're somehow breaking an unspoken contract by recording it and then putting that out here outside the circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you see, okay. I put it like this: How often do you see cell phone videos from a strip club? Very rarely. Very rarely. Why is that? Because motherfuckers can go on a strip club and respect the situation. That dance is for you. It ain't for TikTok. It ain't for Instagram. And you paid for it. But it ain't. Now, she's got different reasons for not wanting you to record. But still. Or it's like, it's the same reason you don't, you know, you don't rip people's OnlyFans videos and, and put them somewhere for people to download for free. I mean, people do it. But you're still a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're you're violating the agreement. It's an unspoken agreement. Like you're paying. The, it's not a concert. It's because it's not like musicians. Because people you know, go to they go to concerts and they all got their cell phones up. And it's like that's different because a, a, a musician can perform the same song a hundred million times and nobody gives a fuck. They're also not working out their songs on stage. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, even though some people love to hear a joke again, for comics, it's like the, the best time's gonna be the first time. Uh, the surprise is so much part of the joke that, you know, because the second time you hear the joke, is, is you're laughing at familiarity. But the first time you hear the joke, you're caught off guard. You didn't see it coming. That's what that's what part of the, part of the pop comes from. Ah, that, you know? And so it's like you're deprived. That's what we hold precious. At least me. I, I can't speak for everybody. But a lot of myself and a lot of comics think the same way I do about it. R- so, so fuck whoever recorded that video. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, bro, Rogan talks about that. He says, you know, you go see a comedian, everybody wants to hear new shit. You go see the Rolling Stones, everybody wants to hear old shit. Nobody wants to hear the newest album from <laughs> their favorite band. Yeah, and it's just that simple. And and, and 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 the thing is, it's much harder to come up with new jokes than it is to come up with new songs. That's true. You know, if you can rhyme baby with crazy, you can make a new fucking song. You know? It's true. Yeah, no one gives a fuck that they've heard it a thousand times from a thousand people. You want to do some news? Let's do some news, man. All right. This is uh, this is from NBC News. This is uh, an article from March 31st by Marlene Lenthing. Florida woman impregnated by doctor's sperm awarded $5.25 million in damages by jury. $5.52 
I feel like that's not enough. Five five point two five million. Yeah. Was she? Was he like her OBGYN? He was her OBGYN, and uh, it was Doctor John Coates the Third of Vermont used his sperm rather than a donor's during an artificial insemination procedure. This is from nineteen seventy seven though. So this it's happened. A, this happened in seventy seven. Seventy seven. So how did she find out it was him? The child in two th- in October two thousand eighteen. When the child, then an adult, used DNA testing and found out Coates was her biological father. So the child, the grown adult child, did DNA testing. But how'd she get his DNA? They had to go back and they had to figure out from the doctor, what sperm did you use? Oh, so, so, so she, okay, so it wasn't a donor. It was, it, I mean, it was a donor well, they knew. It was knew. a donor. It was, it was the father. It was, okay, so so instead of using the father's sperm, he used his own sperm. So when she tried to go DNA testing from her father, because mm-hmm. they must have suspected, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll get it. It's okay. I see what happened. Okay. So then they went back to the doctor and go, whose sperm did you use? And he was like, he had to be like, mine. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Holy shit. Imagine getting away with, a, imagine you uh, you did a crime, what's that, 40 years ago, 50 years ago? Yeah. And and 40 45 years ago. Yeah, and now so he was already a doctor at the time, so at the very soon as I say 25, 26. Mm-hmm. So now you damn near 80 years old. And somebody asked you about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like that is that I would I would love I would I would pay good money, good American dollars to have been in that room when when they asked him about this shit. Here, here's the crazy part. It's he's not still the, alive. He's still alive, but this is not the only time that he did it. Oh, There's at Lord least Jesus. at least one other that he did in 1978. At least one other. At least and one he, other. And he in and so he's in prison. Uh, he is not actually. He is not in prison. Let's see. No, this is a civil. This is a civil court case. But um, isn't this sexual? Assault or this some kind of assault, right? So what they cons- they considered it. Uh, let's see, battery, sexual battery, sexual battery. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, but but for me, it's like yeah, you gotta pay with your life. You gotta pay with your life. If see now, if that see now, this is a situation where uh, I'm defending my family. That shit makes sense to me. It's like motherfucker, you, you, you. <laughs> I, boy, I tell you what, I tell you what, this is a situation where I think I would be violent. I, w- I think that I would be violent, you know, which I guess harkens back to the Grammy thing, because this is another take that I didn't like, because people are like, violence is never the answer. Yes, it is. Sometimes. Sometimes it is. Yeah. It's just like, listen, the number 15 is 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 not the answer to everything, but it's the answer to some stuff. It was five times three. Sometimes the answer is violence. In that situation, it wasn't. But in this situation... You know, maybe violence ain't the only answer, but you know, like if like if you ask this question on Jeopardy and you said violence, they'd be like, eh, eh, "Good answer, though." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> judges, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, they would right. they would have to ask the judges, "Can we accept that?" <laughs> yeah, because this this is I, I would totally understand it because you this guy is 77. This whole time I've been raising a kid that did that I thought was biologically mine. So 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 something to bring up here. Uh, Who was the five million dollars? The girl or the parents? 
the parents. Okay, so so here here's what's kind of interesting about this case. So the father actually was not the donor. They had a there was a medical student that they knew that they that you know ticked the boxes for them or whatever. Okay. The father had had a vasectomy, and that's why they couldn't conceive. Okay. So um so they were going to use the sperm from this medical student donor. And uh, they found that they found out through the testing in 2018 that this was not the father, and through in further investigation found out that it was this doctor. The doctor turned out to also have been the father. He has another lawsuit from a woman in from 1978. But this is not uncommon. Well, I guess it's uncommon, but this is not unheard of. I should say from this lo- from this profession. From this profession, mm. there are several famous lawsuits where physicians have inseminated their patients with their own sperm yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be a tragedy for you like like i i would totally understand if they were like this is this should be the death penalty now because listen i get it like i mean listen somebody been your daughter for 40 years or 50 years is like at that point, that's your daughter. It don't matter that she didn't, you know, you know, she doesn't share your DNA. For sure. But at the same time, it's like, there's a piece of you that wants to have children because you want to see what your kids would turn out like. You know, there's a party that's like, you know, I wonder what a little me mixed with a little you. I wonder what that is, right? Absolutely. So for you to for you to snatch that away from somebody, think about all the times in their life where they where, where the mother's been like, you just like your father, you know, and and just think about all that. That's bullshit. You just snatch that away from them. It's it's like, mm, you know, all the times he's like, that's my girl, you know, that's me, that's me. You know, it's like that's all gone. It's all nonsense. It's all you snatch this girl's identity. She doesn't know where she really come from. Well, now I guess now she does. And it's a fucking creep. Yeah, that's that's wild. That's wild as shit to me, man. Fucking die, die slow, die in a die in a tire fire. After you give me my five million dollars. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I want my five. Nah, I want everything you got. I want you to sell everything you got, and then and then and then once the last penny has been transferred to my account i want you to step in i want to lower you into this stack of tires that's already full of gasoline and watch you burn until i can't hear you scream anymore that shit is wild uh that was a little excessive (laughs) uh you want another one you want one that's a little more fun yeah let's do uh this is interesting this is a science one this is um Scientists took uh, probiotic strains that were isolated from an Olympic woman's weightlifting gold medalist and then put them in mice, and it increased both their weight loss and exercise performance. So they can transfer some measure of athleticism from a human to a mouse via gut bacteria. Oh yeah, you know I read something about this like years ago, where um, a woman had a fecal matter transplant from her daughter, and then she started losing all this weight and getting like, yeah, that's the new trend. You have more DNA in your gut than you do in the rest of your body, and it's not your DNA. Oh yeah, we're for sure, especially after that Indian food yesterday. Oh. <laughs> Lots of DNA in there, bro. 
Um, yeah, they they. That's gonna be the new trend. I, I bet you they're already doing it here. They're already doing it in Hollywood. Once people learn that that lady lost weight, it's plenty of people that's like, yo, let you know, let Holly Berry shit in my mouth, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people who wouldn't mind Holly Berry shit in their mouth yeah, anyway. Or, or, or who's who who's the other girl that's selling like bullshit woo science products? You know what I'm talking about? The white lady. Gwyneth Paltrow? Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. You know she's going to hop on this a little oh. bit. She's going to call it something else. You know, a little, uh, I don't know what she's going to call it, inside you or something like that. But, yeah, just just it was a little doo-doo pellet. But at least it'll be backed by science. You know, at least it doesn't, like, you know, put this crystal in your pussy and it'll. But isn't that what they always do? They take something that has a little bit of science and then they extrapolate it out into something that's complete bullshit. And oh, then yeah. they sell that. Yeah, they end up selling, like, iguana shit or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people are gullible people will do anything to lose weight though yeah man it's a struggle man you know it's something that i you know i never struggled with it in my whole life and then and and until i was an adult but it is it's it can be it can be a struggle it's hormonal they used to think it was uh your metabolism and they found out that actually your metabolism does not decrease in middle age, like people thought it did. People thought that like after your twenties your metabolism would crash and that's why people gained weight and stuff like that. It's actually hormonal hormonal. Yeah, your it's, testosterone dropping. It it's a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. I and get it, it. It affects how your uh, affects your, your your blood sugar and insulin levels and how your body processes fat, whether it stores it on your body or uses it for fuel, all kinds of things. So you're saying I need to I need to start microdosing estrogen. I'm saying you need to get on that HGH train. Oh yeah, please anybody hook me up. Get some get some trimbaloni going. Yeah, see, I'm not in that. I'm not in that th- first three rows Oscar crowd. I don't even know how to get that shit. All right, what's the next one? Uh, let's talk about. Let's see. Uh, Hubble Telescope has gotten an image of the furthest away star. star. Yeah, man, if that don't make your dick hard, are you really human? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) the furthest star ever seen. And it was the Hubble, not the James Webb. That joint ain't ready yet, but woo, the James Webb, get ready. They're going to use the James Webb to... Look uh, at at the same star? To look at the same star and kind of test it, you know, get like a... to, 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 what would you call it? Confirm... The, the, fine, the findings of it. will probably be a better picture, too. Yeah. What's interesting about this um, is the way that they see it is it's something called uh, gravity microlensing. Yeah, so that's when that's when the uh, when the gravity from a large mass sort of acts like almost like a like a fishbowl mm-hmm. and it bend it bends the light around the mass. And focuses them on the other side, like a like a bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, gravity microlens. I, 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 there's a better way of describing the effect, but that's basically what it is. Is that like it's like when you when you see like if you ever like flip a glass where you're looking through the glass on the bottom. No, mm-hmm. that's not even that's not that's not a good example. But it, but it is kind of that way. Like if you if you look at yourself in the mirror through the bottom of a glass, and you'll see how your eye goes or your head goes around the end. That's kind of what's happening. It's like so. There's something behind it. So it's not. We can't even see it directly. It's behind something. Yes. It's behind a giant mass. But but the but because gravity is bending the space, the light also bends around it, and so it 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 ends up and where it comes back together, 
is what we're seeing. It takes all the photons that would just sort of explode out into space and beyond us, and it bends them with gravity, so they end up shooting straight at Earth. Exactly. Uh, And and so this was sort of a, a, a perfect storm. Uh, as far as there's multiple refractions and lensing from different clusters of heavenly bodies, and they ended up focusing the light towards the Hubble telescope, and the Hubble telescope was able to pick that up. Yeah, dog, Hubble putting in work. <laughs> that thing was supposed to be decommissioned a long time decades ago. ago. Yeah, a long time ago. We started planning for the James Webb right after we launched the Hubble. That's so fucking insane. Yeah, at some point, I don't, and I don't remember who was president, so I, that, I'm not making it political, but at some point we stopped giving a fuck being at the forefront of science. You know? Because just like, like the Large Hadron Collider, there was supposed to be a more powerful one built in Texas. Hmm. And we just gave up on it. You know? When was that? Before, this was back in the, I think they started planning it in the 80s, but in the okay. 90s is when we were supposed to start building it, and then we, they cut the funding. That that was a big that's a big problem with Reagan was that uh, a lot of these programs that were for purely scientific or technological reasons, if you couldn't show how it had a military application for geopolitical concerns, then it would be defunded. And that was one of the things that there was more there was some funding that increased for, for instance, NASA, but it was only for projects that were in conjunction with the military. Because they were looking for military applications. Yep, that makes perfect sense. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. All right. Um, All right, let's do one more before we go to the questions from the audience. Sure. But Uh, yeah, I'm fascinated by what we're going to be able to see by by the Hubble or by the the JWST. I don't know what they're going to do with the Hubble. I don't know when when Hubble's going to stop going strong. Hubble's like like one of those, like an old lady that still runs marathons, you know, like somebody's (laughs) grandma is like just still getting it in. Uh, you want to do a uh, a scam or you want to do more science? Scam. All right, here we go. Yale employee. This is another NBC News article. Yale employee stole forty million dollars from medical school for homes, luxury cars. Prosecutors say. How did he steal money from a medical school? Uh, Jamie Patrone. Uh, it's a woman, uh, Jamie Patrone or Patroni, 42 of Lithia Springs, Georgia, pleaded guilty to wire fraud and filing a false tax return Monday in Hartford, Connecticut, federal court. So she was um, over the course of seven or eight years, she was working at Yale Medical School and as uh, as an administrator. And part of her job was she was able to uh, buy equipment up to like ten thousand dollars a pop. And what she would do is she would buy it basically with like the Yale Medical School credit card or bank account or whatever and have it sent to another place. And then she would fence that shit when it got there. And she had a whole network, like a ring of people who also worked at Yale, who worked at the place that it would get shipped to. She had people fencing stuff for her and reselling stuff. And over the course of seven or eight years, $40 million worth of computers. So she got caught. Uh, she got caught. Snitch. <laughs> Definitely a snitch. Uh, no, it's a uh, it's her taxes. Her taxes. Her taxes is how she got caught. Um, 
says the investigation conducted by FBI and the IRS started in August based on information provided by Yale. So some snitch at Yale was like, mm, or just some another accountant was like, yeah, bitch, some where the fuck it. is all of this shit at? Petroni estimated that 90% of her computer-related purchases were fraudulent, she told investigators in a voluntary statement according to the affidavit. She was arrested in September and released later on a $1 million bail, uh, $1 million bond pending sentencing, officials said. It's wild to me how they give people that stole money a bond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? The bitch stole $40 million, you can give her a $1 million bond. You might as well just let her out for free. She um, agreed to forfeit over $560,000. That's dropping the bucket. $40 million scam seized from the massive entertainment LLC bank account. Tell me she's and, smart enough to have gotten out of the country. She did not get out of the country. I think that no. she might be uh, she might be cooperating uh, in order to get a, a, a lesser sentence by letting them know where the money is. Fuck that. Get out of here, bitch. Because I don't I, I don't care when when I'm sorry. I don't care when rich institutes get scammed. I mean, she ain't hurt. She ain't hurt nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She ain't hurt anybody. Uh, or, you know, she ain't hurt anybody that wouldn't hurt her. Yeah, Yale, you know? Yale Medical School still has a, an endowment. They're fine. They have a huge endowment, and I'm sure they've, uh, you know, Yale ain't exactly, don't exactly have clean hands when it comes to, like, evil activities. That know? is true. So I don't give a fuck. All right. So I promise this, and I'm going to do advice stuff. I got things from Twitter. I got things from Facebook. I got things from email. I got things from um, uh, Instagram. And I posted for people to reply to the post. And some people still DM me, which I'm not, don't do that because it's, it's just it's too much of a pain in the ass to uh, to go through the DMs of people that I haven't met, the requests. Uh, so it's just hard to like find your specific thing for me. It's just Maybe it isn't. I'm sure you're going to be telling me this some easy way but i don't i'm not gonna do that just follow instructions just um, just reply in the thread guys yeah just reply to the to the post um because then i can see them all anyway um let's start with uh, some facebook joints um somebody says that's chris rock that we talked about that what's the best way to take a poop in public um uh be a decent person and don't um i don't <laughs> I, I i i hate a very public poopers like, like, unless it's an emergency, but people that just casually shit at public, because I travel a lot, and it's like, there's nothing worse than me than walking in the airport bathroom, and it's just that shit cloud in the air, and people, because I get it, some people can't help themselves, they old, whatever, but, but a lot of people just like, I'm just going to shit here, I'm going to shit on the plane, I'm going to shit at the party, Th- those kind of people, no, no. Um, only in an emergency, that's the only, that's the only best way. Any other thing, you're a shitty human. Sh- yeah. Stick to a schedule. Yeah, if you know a- you're gonna be somewhere where you're gonna have to be in public, do a little preemptive poop. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Preemptive poop. They got laxatives. They got everything. But don't you don't we don't poop in public places uh, unless it's an emergency. <clears throat> okay, what do you do when you are driving a car with no license plates through a toll booth on the Pennsylvania Turnpike and get questioned by a cop about not having tags? Um, don't be black. <laughs> Okay. Oh, wait, why don't they have tags? What are they, what are they saying? Um, I, th- I think that that's a friend of mine. Oh, okay. Um, just rem- rem- reminiscing via this. Um, okay. Did that happen to you? Yes. Oh. It's a story for another day. Oh, okay. Uh, about, uh, it happened to us. 
Um, about to record. Uh, okay, so uh, someone on Twitter says, "What, what, what comedian is one that other comedians talk the most shit about, but never do it on camera?" The worst phrase on every podcast is, "I'll tell you off air." Oh well, I'm not gonna. T- well, the thing is, uh, to be honest with you, we all talk shit about and to each other. It's just that because it, 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 it's kind of like, like. Like comics talking, sh- com- us talking shit is how we say hello. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes, and, and but some shit ain't for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Some stuff is between behind the scenes. Some stuff is private. You know, so that that's that's all it is. Some shit or, might just be boring. Yeah, like you might have beef right. with somebody, and it's right. not an interesting beef. Yes, it's just... right. Or something is. Well, comedy beef is dumb. <laughs> I mean, who, <laughs> how do you take yourself so seriously? You got it. You got beefs. Like unless somebody fuck with your money. That's a whole different thing, but or your family, you know. But, um, but yeah. So a lot of it, a lot of it, is, yeah. Or it's, or it's a story that, without the full context, it wouldn't, it won't even be funny or interesting. Um, or sometimes it's just it's horrible shit that like isn't. Cause man, this is a this was so funny to me about comics getting in trouble for stuff they say on stage. Cause the shit that we say off stage is. A thousand times worse. There's things like I we've I've had friends I've had friends comic friends pass away, and in the thread where we're letting everybody know, people are cr- cracking jokes about it, you know, because it's how they cope. But 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 the average person doesn't understand that. So it's like I wouldn't say that publicly because it looks it makes you look callous or whatever. Yeah, whatever. So it's it, that's all it is. I'm you getting most of the good shit. Relax. You know what I'm saying. You're not missing out on anything that it because if it was that interesting, if it was that funny, you couldn't stop yeah. comedians from it's, talking about like, it. It's like it's like you want you want you 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 want Bobby Flay to have a, a camera on his dinner table at home after he cook for you all day every day, give you all his recipes and everything. You're like, yeah, but what's that shit? What's that shit you ate yesterday? You know, it's like that's you know just it's all right. Um, this person says I emailed mine. Okay, well let me get to uh, let me do the Instagram first, and then I'll get to the emails. Um, what was the first joke you ever told on stage? Um, tune into my next hour because it's still, I still do it <laughs> and it's better now. Um, so you'll see. Um, how much does a joke have to change before you, do, before you consider it a different joke or do you just always think back to its first evolutionary step? Um, before I feel like it's no, I mean it's because it's all the core. The, I think the core idea is always there, but sometimes it's like, I, you know, I've, I've I found a different angle or I found a different tag, and then that led to something uh, even funnier point. So like the original joke isn't even the joke anymore. You know, it's, it, joke. I mean, jokes evolve. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, 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 it's almost like saying, when is somebody go from being a you know a toddler to a teenager? You know, it's like sure. 13 that's like that's not a good example <laughs> yeah toddlers yeah toddlers um, two to four or whatever it is and right teenagers 13 um but yeah it's 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 it, it, they just evolve well what know? what about people who who have similar bits in two different specials let's say because like usually when you see a new special you expect that it's gonna be all new material but sometimes it's the same bit with a different Angle, different tag. Yeah, um, I think some. I, th- I don't know. I think the answer to that would be different for different people. I haven't had two specials, so. I, um, but I, but I do know that like a lot of times, some some stuff gets cut for time, or you record the damn thing and then you think of a better thing, 
right after you know because because that's the thing that <laughs> the jokes never really stop evolving uh, you know they get they get put on the shelf sometimes but even after you put it out you still think of stuff or pe- other people say stuff and you go god damn it i wish i would like literally right after i put out the netflix half hour i got you know i was you know on fo- on the phone calls with friends and associates and stuff like that and right after it, pe- it comes out people go oh dude you, you could have said that god damn it well it's out now so you know so or you just you just think of something to do with the, what was left of something i don't know i mean I, I just saw stanhope at the comedy store when he was in town and he's still doing certain bits that i've i've definitely seen him do 15 years ago right but they're different now because even though the setup is the same maybe the concept's the same he's a different person now exactly i think yes other thing too i think you i think you outgrow some jokes sometimes and then when you revisit the premise, you have a different perspective, you know. Or there's, yeah, that, 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 there's a million answers to that question. When you're talking about a hangover at 35 versus a hangover at 50, the bit might be very, very similar, but the vibe is different. Yeah, and the consequences are different. Yeah. yeah. How do you stop caring about what others think about you? You don't. I don't because that's that's very weird to me. Listen, I care a lot what other people think about me. It's just that, you know, unless it's a subject to do with like your your specific level of expertise, I just I care more about what I think. So it's so it's gonna it would have to be a lot of it would have to be a lot of people whose opinions I trust that think what you thinking. For me to for what you think in the override, you know, but it's like I don't. So who are these people that walk around and go? I don't care what anyone thinks of anything. That's a psychopath. That's a sociopath. You don't you don't care how what anyone thinks about you. That's that's uh, that's crazy to me. That's sad. No, don't get me wrong. It sounds badass. You know what I'm saying? Be like I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what nobody think. I, but I, I, how can that possibly be true? You know? Do you, do you think that you care as much? about what other people think of you as like the average person? Do you think you're above average, below average? Um No. No. I don't think I care as much as the average person does. So how how do how would somebody cuz obviously this person cares a lot about what other people think of them? Oh uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I didn't really answer her question. Um, I mean, I, I think it's just, it's just, it's just, it's, it's better to remember that, you know, being yourself. Because I, I feel like I've said this a million times, but everything you get from being yourself, you get to keep. Mm. It's the easiest to make. You can, you can hold on to it forever because being yourself is easy. Everything you get from being fake or or because that's the real problem. It's not it's not caring what people think. It's it's constantly adjusting your behavior so that certain people like you and then you're and then you're fifteen different people and none of them's you. You know, and and, and you know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's it, like if it, if you're if your sense of self worth is coming from an external source then you're not in control of that. The person who's in control of that external source, they can take that away from you whenever they feel like it. Exactly. 
and 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 and, and so it's like you know it's like if you got to stand on your tippy toes to to you know to uh in order for you to like own, buy a car you got to that's not a good fucking wow my analogy game is off today <laughs> but you know what i'm saying it's like any it's, as soon as you as soon as you got to bend over if you got to get on your knees to get something you got to stay on your knees to keep it you know oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's just easier to because because you'll you'll i think you'll find that just being true to yourself and, and i'm wrong this is easier said than done i'm not always true to myself i'm not 100 percent true to myself uh, you know i keep it about 90 you know <laughs> and 90 cents on a dollar yeah it, but but people will respect you more even if they don't like you you know, it's like if you walk in, if there's a hundred people in the room and you walk in the room and you being yourself is going to make 80 of them leave, then those 20 people are your, they really want to fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? But if you, if you walk in a room and there's a hundred people in there and you got to be all sorts of other shit so that all hundred of them like you, you know, it's exhausting. Well, and the reality is that you're never going to get all 100 people well, to like you. Exactly. That's, well, that's the other thing. It's like if you if you bend and fold and sway and bl- go with the go the way the wind blow just so people like you, they all end up not liking you anyway. Right. Because they can smell the inauthenticity. I mean, I guess a big part of it is just understanding that, and we're not talking about just being a nice person and shit like that, like being a respectful person that you get people liking for that reason but you mean like changing who you are or acting like somebody different in order to please other people part of it is recognizing that that is a losing battle you're not going to succeed doing that so right. don't don't worry about it by recognizing that nothing good comes from worrying about it yeah yeah so I, so i'll say overall if it's just to answer your question, how do you? It's not that's not the goal. The goal isn't to not care what other people think. The goal is to ch- to choose wisely the people whose opinion you value. Mm. You mm-hmm. know, that's really what it is. So, <clears throat> how would you respectfully cut toxic people out your life? Well, that's easy for me. I just do it. I block them on everything. You know, I, I, I you know, because I, I ain't one of those people that like I don't, don't want to keep tabs on my enemies or my exes, and <laughs> I block you on everything. Email, text, because I know I got so many friends like that. That's like people that are toxic to them. Like they, they still have, they still, they don't, they're not necessarily communicating with them, but they leave these channels open for to be communicated with. No, fuck that. Like, and I, and I, it's like fuck all that. I'm blocking you on email, Facebook. I'm going back, MySpace, everything, like everything. Can't even get my friendster. Yeah, you cut, you cut toxic people out your out your life the same way you cut anybody out your life. You just stop communicating with them, you know. And and if they, and you know and, and if they're a really really good friend, you can just you can tell them why. It's like there's all kind of um, like videos and books out there on like how to break up with a long time friend, you know, because it's hard. It's just like and in a relationship, it's like hey, this ain't you know whatever whatever your reasons are. Um, um, can I email you some jokes? Absolutely not. <laughs> Did OJ do it? Of course not. He was innocent, wasn't he? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. I don't even care to be honest with you. He was not guilty, and that is a damn sight different from innocent. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's like, well, why people ever let it go is the question. It's like one of it's like one of like ten injustices for whites over the last since I've been alive. And they this OJ joint, they just <laughs> won't fucking let it go. I have a joke. I have a, actually, I have a joke that I'm doing now about the possibility of OJ being innocent, and it just. 
well, as soon as I bring it up, it's like, oh, I get the I get the Jada Pinkett eye roll. What's What's funny is like I I don't give a fuck that I think OJ's hilarious. Like just as a human being, like the fact that he exists in our culture, I think is just an amazing arc, an amazing storyline for him as a person. Yeah, and he was smart enough not to. I don't think he commented on the grant on the uh, Oscars thing. Oh yeah, he did. Uh, what did he say? He said he said they would have they would have they would have convicted me and put me in jail if I had done it. And then people were like, uh, I don't know. About that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's gotta know what he that he threw that pitch up that soft pitch. Come on, man. that's under. He knows exactly. That's why I think he's hilarious. He, did well, you see the interview? I th- it wasn't sixty minutes, but it was something like sixty minutes. And 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 he was like, I- I'll throw it up in the episode so people can see because it's like a really short clip. But basically. The it was like Katie Couric or somebody like that, you know, some white lady interviewed him after the after he was uh, uh, released, and and he was like, "Hey, I have a uh, let me know when you're back in your in your in your uh, in your in the green room because I have something to show you." And she's like, "Okay," and they had the camera on him, and there's a knock on the door, and she opens the door, and he has like a a plate like a playbill, you know, and he goes. Like as a joke. What's a playbill? Like a uh, the the thing that comes when you go to like the when you go to the theater, right? When you go to when you go to a play, you have a oh, little playbill okay. oh, okay. yeah, with yeah. like you know the actors and shit like that. He like rolled it up like a knife, and he comes through and and he's like doing psycho. Is that what he had to her, show her? That's what he had to show her. Oh, wow. That was the joke. After we finished filming, OJ said to me that uh, he had a surprise for me, and I genuinely was surprised. I think it was his idea of a joke. And this is it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, OJ is ob- objectively hilarious. For sure. yes. <laughs> really fucking is hilarious. Um, and the last one. So I got a, a bunch I of I mean, these. he definitely did it. I want to put, put that out there. He definitely did he it. He definitely did Well, we can't say that for sure. He definitely yeah, did it. Course. Yeah. I, I, he, he definitely did it. But he is not guilty. Yeah. I mean... It's like why even revisit it? It's like yeah, he, you know, did it? Did, why does it? He, whether he did it or not matter, he got away with it. Got away with if it. he did it, he got away with it. If he didn't, then he then he got away with it. You know, he ended up going to prison for something he definitely did. There's no debate. The the attempted theft of the yeah. uh, memorabilia. And he came out, served his time, served his time. Um, <laughs> so there's a bunch of questions about like comedy advice and how to do comedy and what would you give a beginner comic? And it's like, honestly, man, the most useful advice to you if you're new to comedy is just to just to keep doing it and corroborate with like-minded comedians and go up as much as possible. That's And record yourself and edit yourself and like do all those things. But there's no, there's no, you know, there's books you can read as like the com- com- comedy FAQs. There's the comedy Bible. There's the uh, the art Zen and the art of stand up comedy, and all these other things that can tell you, you know, they can give you advice, but they can't make you funny. They can't make you creative. So my, my thing is like, if you're not funny, stop doing comedy. Stop doing. Stop. Don't waste your life. This is a huge gamble to take with your life. So it's like, if you're not at least just funny in regular everyday life, it's not even worth a try. Let's say somebody is funny in everyday life. Right, and mm-hmm. they've made the decision that they want to become a, a stand-up comedian. They want to make a career out of it, whatever that is. They don't necessarily need to be, you know, 
Kevin Hart or whatever and be the biggest comedian or anything like that, but they want to make a living at it. Would you suggest that they take lessons, that they move to L.A. or New York or Philadelphia or whatever the you know the nearest major city is or whatever? Should they stay where they're at with like a social support network? Well, I feel like we'll definitely go to a, a nearby major city for sure because there's definitely going to be a comedy scene somewhere if you're in a major city. Um, but... Um. Yeah, yeah, because I've I've gotten messages from people that are like I live in some town I never heard of in the middle of, you know, Iowa. It's like, what? There's no comedy in within a hundred miles. What do I do? I'm like, you got to move, move to Chicago, motherfucker. Like, you got to do it. Yeah, you got to leave that place. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and just you know, just don't, just you know, just be around and listen more than you talk, and you'll figure it out as you go along. Listen. Listen, because <laughs> so many comics, we you know we've mastered fucking running our mouths. This is just me. I've mastered running my mouth, and and and. But listening is the thing that I'm, I have to work on because I can talk naturally. You know. Do you know uh, Danny Jollis? Yeah, it, he was on Trey's show, and he was saying it's like you just got to get up as many times as you can. So whatever you need to do to be in front of people and tell yeah. jokes, just do that as often as possible. Because your first, your first, your first, you know, four or five years is just you getting comfortable on stage and learning how to um just learning how to be just learning the the, the you know learning learning the basics you know it's like it's like it's like what you see Chris Rock and Kevin Hart doing is is algebra calculus you know what you see Dave Chappelle doing you know it's like it's trigonometry but you're learning arithmetic you're learning arithmetic and your handwriting and that kind of thing and then you can you're 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 doing comedy to, to, to me I mean then you're like you know you're doing it you know some people would say well the minute you get on stage you're doing it I'm not talking I'm not this is not like inspirational shit I'm just telling you like the facts it's like in the beginning most of the jokes you do are going to be jokes you're ashamed of five years later you're just getting comfortable talking to people and learning how to just be on stage and be you on stage and all that stuff and then you know, like I said, it's like asking somebody how to do comedy is like asking somebody how to be you. You know, it's like do mushrooms once, once or twice. So that helps. How long did it take you to because you sucked when you first started, right? No, you didn't. No, I was I was amazing <laughs> immediately. No, I mean, I was pretty good, but I didn't suck. No. In fact, I know very few people that sucked and then got better. Some people, some people do, because I used to believe that you could never get better. But well, let me let me rephrase that. Then were you mediocre when you first started? Just no. because, okay. No, I mean, I was slightly above average when I started. That's mediocre, though. I mean, I'm talking about because no, I was funny. I was funny. Okay. I just wasn't skilled. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost like. Um, I don't. I don't even really know what to compare it to, but it's like, I, because funny, because funny is the thing you need to have. That's the thing you. That's a, that's a must. Everything else is variables that can be different or whatever. But having, having your mind work that way, is just something you have or you don't. Like I've 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 seen people that are bad at comedy get good at comedy. In terms of like the science of it, but they were always funny. Right, I've never seen somebody that was not funny, or even worse, unfunny, get funny. I've never seen anybody get funny that wasn't funny at all. 
you know? So it's like, if you're not funny, just, it, it, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't want to discourage your dreams or whatever, but it's, 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 it's going to be an uphill battle for you for sure. If, if people in your life don't say, dude, you're fucking funny, yeah. then you don't have what it takes to be a stand-up comedian. Exactly. And some and some people, what it is, I think they got they have it locked in them. You know, like, because some people have weird upbringings where they're, like, sheltered or some weird shit like that, and they have to, they got to unlock they funny, but it is in them. But some, but some people don't have, like, they're just not funny. They're not funny, they're not interesting, they don't have stage presence, they don't, you know, they don't, they just don't have it. There's a portion of it that is not teachable or learnable, and then there's yeah. a portion of it that is. Exactly. It's like, you know, it's like anybody can follow a recipe, but not everybody can cook. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that, that's that's what it is. Some people ain't cooking. You know what I mean? And, and some people can cook and can't follow a recipe too. Facts, but those people can do. Those people can learn. Oh, the, sure. The people that can cook that can't follow recipes, they can learn how to follow a recipe. They can go to culinary school and learn learn how to chop shit and how to measure shit. But people that can't cook at all, that don't have any tastes, that don't have any, it's like, what are you gonna do? They burn, you know, they burn hot dogs. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's not going to happen for you. All so, right. so, so I guess, I guess the answer for this person is like, look, it, you need to decide whether you're a person who can cook but can't follow a recipe, yeah, or you can follow a recipe but can't cook. It's several people, like, but I get those kind of messages all the time, and it's like my answer's going to always be the same. Just do it as much as you can, and and quit if you're not funny. Um, so this one question for the pod: Are states and municipalities that outlaw tinted windows racist? Why else would they do it? Some states make an exception if you're albino. What the fuck? You're the best. Come to Denver. Um, I will one day. Um, listen, I looked this up. I saw this question. This was the first question I saw. Um, some states, I, I, do, I don't think it's racist. The reason why some states outlaw scented windows, because I get what you're asking. Is it, is it the same thing as like when clubs ban urban clothing? No, it's not that where they like where they're trying to be racist with like a side on a stuff from a side street. They're trying to get to, to the same racism from the alleyway. Yeah, no, it's not that because I think the reason they do it is the reason they ban tent in most places is because you know police want to be able to see what you're doing as they're approaching your your window. They want to be able to describe. They want people to be able to describe who you are if you commit a crime. And and that kind of thing, and, it, and that just makes it easier. And uh, and I looked it up, and you know, and the reason some people, some states have an exception for albinos is because oftentimes albinos um, also have a thing with their vision. So it's anybody that has extra sensitive vision or some kind of thing, and not all states, but the is that states porphyria, that, huh? Porphyria is that what it's called? I believe that's what it's called. Porphyria, yeah. So oftentimes, like albinos have a thing with their vision, and so that's why it's not it's not racist though. Good question though. Very funny, um, interesting. Uh, okay, I hope you're doing great. I am. Any words of advice or encouragement, discouragement to someone trying to leave a job that crushes your soul but pays you well? I don't come from money, and my mom is in her late fifties with no retirement savings or home. My siblings work minimum wage jobs, so I feel a lot of guilt quitting and giving up the money. If I change jobs, it's unlikely I'll make the same type of money, about 90K per year. But I really fucking hate this job. I wake up angry and always sleep deprived because I refuse to accept defeat and go to bed on time at night. So what do you think? Do I leave this fucking job and try to find peace elsewhere, or should I shut the fuck up and count my blessings? P.S. It doesn't help that I work for... 
a defense contractor. I'm not going to say the name. Oh, shit. A top 10 evil company, dead or alive. That's true. Um, I'm not going to put your business out there. Um, so, listen. Um, How much money? 90K. That's a dangerous amount of money because that's not so much money that you don't have to think about money, but that's a lot more money than a lot of people make, and so yeah. you feel guilty about yeah. giving it up. Yeah, and also when because I'm experiencing this right now, actually, where it's like, um, uh, you know, I'm making, I'm not making the most money in my family, but I'm making good money now after being struggling my whole life. My family's always been poor to upper poor. <laughs> and upper poor. That's yeah. a good, good description. And, um, and so... I feel guilty not taking care of people that other people that I know, you know, aren't doing as well. Um, but here's something that my mother, my grandma and my mother have said to me since I was a child. Like, you know, the little sayings that stick with you and is that nothing is worth your peace. Nothing is worth your peace of mind. Nothing. Whatever you fucking got to change for you to have peace, you need to make that change because it's killing you. It's killing you. We're meant to rest. We like we need we need to value our peace as much as we value the money we make. You know, because peace is not something a lot of rappers rap about. It's not something a lot of you know Instagram hoes flash on Twitter or whatever or <laughs> flash on Instagram, but. It's just as it's just as valuable as sleep, as food, as air. You your peace is not that shit is not negotiable. Now you work for this defense contractor, but but you know I'm sure you can parlay that into a job with some other uh, company. It doesn't have to be a defense contractor. You know I'm guessing that you do something. Either you do something that translates to any corporate thing or you're doing something technical for these people and you can get a job at Intel. You can get a job at Google. You can get a job at Apple. You can at least start looking for some other shit. Don't sell yourself short like, oh, if I leave this job, I'll never make this amount of money. I mean, I don't know your personal situation. Maybe you bullshit your way into that job, but I'm imagining if they still paying you 90K a year, you probably at least know halfway what you're doing. And it can't be a job that only exists there. You know Does it I mean? say how long they worked at that place? She says, um, "No, no, she doesn't say how long she's okay. been working there." Let let's uh, let's let's assume that she's worked there for three years, right? She's making ninety k. She feels it doesn't sound like this is a new job where she's like, "I don't know what it's going to be like a year from now." It sounds like she's been there for a little bit, right? Yeah. Change your job. That is number one. Number one, you're gonna you're gonna get better compensation when you change your job every three to five years when you work for somebody else because you get to use the job that you already have to negotiate for better compensation with the new place. And you can go to another place that values the experience that you have built up and the skill set that you've built yeah. up at this job, but isn't as evil as you feel this place is, yeah. and you can sleep better at night. And I ain't even judging you for working for somewhere that's evil. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I worked for a defense contractor. And, you know, I didn't, I was not c- close to any of the evil, 
you know, to observe it directly. But but it's like, but but what's what's important is that you you're miserable. You're miserable. You can fuck around and die before your mama. She in her fifties. Nah, fuck that. Look for because because and, and please tell me. Um, I'm not. I don't want to say your name, but please tell me, uh, G, that you're not. Um, you're not one of these people that's a, that that has allowed their misery to become a part of their identity. You know what I'm saying? Because some people, their problems become part of their identity and complaining about it becomes part of their routine. And they, and they, they secretly, subconsciously don't want to give up the shit because then who am I without complaining about this shitty fucking job, right? It's like, I don't know. You better be at least looking. You better be at least filling out applications, putting your shit on. I don't know what the resume sites are now because I haven't done that in forever. But, you know, whatever the process is for you finding out how to leave this motherfucker because I guarantee you can make at least that much money still unless you're telling me that like you're making that much money because you're a janitor with a secret security clearance you know which okay maybe sure but you can go be a janitor at Lockheed you can go be a janitor at Raytheon you can go be a janitor at one of these other fucking companies you know what I'm saying I, I'm gonna guess though that she's not in janitorial services because I don't think she'd be losing sleep over it if she was just cleaning the place right you know what I mean I, I imagine it sounds like she is in some sort of position where she's not she's not signing the orders to go kill a bunch of people or anything yeah. like that but, but she, she said, feels she says, I really fucking hate this job yeah she really fucking hates the job I wake up angry you wake up angry Baby, you gotta go. You got to quit this motherfucker. Even like because what's gonna happen is what you need is you gotta plan. You gotta have a plan. Plan to quit this job because what's gonna happen is either it's gonna kill you or you're gonna get to a, you're gonna get to a point where you can't fucking take it anymore and you're gonna you're gonna leave the job in dramatic fashion in a way that's gonna be more damaging to you than to them. Like plan your exit and just leave. Start packing your parachute right now. Yeah, exactly. Start packing. Get the fuck out of there. And even if, and, and fuck it, even if it means a pay cut, fuck it. Fuck it. First of all, your siblings grown and your mama grown. You know what I'm saying? And if maybe mama got to move in with you or whatever, but fuck all that waking up angry. And if she don't understand that, then fuck her too. That's how I feel. Also, how much is your peace of mind worth? Put a number on it. For hey, real. Exactly. Like, like if you could write a check tomorrow and... Like, okay, my wife, for instance, has tons of issues with sleeping and stuff like that, and part of that is because of what she does with work and everything, but I've talked with her before. I'm like, if you could write a check tomorrow, but you could get eight hours of sleep every night, how much would you pay for that? I pay- It's a lot of money. Yeah, I pay a lot of money. I pay more than I pay in rent. Yeah. To get a, just a perfect night's sleep every night? Oh, my God. Absolutely. Be a demon. Ooh. And so if you got to take a pay cut and you got to make- Seventy-eight thousand dollars a year instead of ninety thousand. That's still in the same ballpark, but you're you're sleeping every night. Yeah, I agree. I hope that answers your your question, homie. Uh, Hit us back if it doesn't. All right. Um, Two more questions. (sighs) What comic did you come up with that you used to think was trash? Who you ended up admiring? (laughs) A very specific question. What is the most amount of money? you sold a joke for i have never sold a joke um and a comic i used to think was trash well very briefly i thought he was trash uh, but the homie Derek poston when he first showed up at our club in san diego i was hosting the open mic and he bombed and i shit on him a little bit i didn't think he was trash but i wasn't convinced 
You know what I'm saying? And um, since then, you know, he's just been in beast mode. So it, it was a very, very, uh, very, very short lived. I don't know, but I don't know if I ever thought he was trash though, because he wasn't trash. But he sure did bomb that first day though. That's strong language, though. Trash. Yeah, trash is. Trash is like leave you outside on the curb. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's trash. You gotta get picked up on Wednesday morning. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I've never sold a joke. Um, <clears throat> I'm freshman. I'm a freshman in college, and I'm 260 pounds. My self conscious about my self consciousness about my weight has kept me from being social and looking back at my first year. I noticed that I haven't made any friends or really even left my dorm. I'm transferring in the fall and don't want this to happen again in my next school. What advice do you have for some self-conscious kid who wants to break out of their shell in college? Well, listen, if you're a freshman in college, P.S. Dude, I don't think I have ever seen a tighter special in my life. You absolutely killed it. And the dog should be fired. Agreed, man. Why doesn't the dog have a job? Um, Okay. Um, If you're a freshman in college, you're 18, you got that good 18 metabolism. You know what I mean? You got that good 18 hormone levels. And f- honestly, man, it's all about discipline. You know, which I know is wild coming from me since I keep getting chubbier every time I get on TV. Um, but it, it that's really what it is. It's it's if you really want that thing, again, same 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 advice. Make a plan. Make a plan. Because there is a way for you to lose weight. It it, it is burn more calories than you take in every day. And whatever way you can make that happen for yourself, what I'll say is I don't suggest doing any particular diets. What it is is you have to adjust your lifestyle in a way that that doesn't feel punitive. You have to you have to change your you know your habits in a way that you can maintain. So it's about changing your lifestyle because and, and I get it, man. Because it, it spirals. You're too young to be dealing with this. Is it, it, it spirals you? You you you're, you're you're heavy, and you feel self conscious about it. So then you don't feel social, and then you isolate yourself, and then the isolation brings on depression, which causes you to further isolate yourself. And food is the one way for you to feel better because that's the one activity you can do that feels good without other people fucking having to be around other people. And that's and and you know before you know it, it's fucking. You know, you you've you haven't showered the whole weekend, and you have your whole depression pile to clean up. It's just piles of fucking dirty clothes and Uber Eats bags, and I get it. it and it and it can happen to anybody. It, it, you know, and I'm just assuming that depression depression is part of your issue. Um, but but here's here's the other thing. You 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 go to the gym one time or two times, and you get on the scale. Don't get on a fucking scale. Fuck a scale. Throw it away. Because you're not going to see the, you're going to be the last one to notice the progress. You know what I'm saying? Even if you just lose 10 pounds, it makes such a huge difference. And if you don't believe me, go, you know, carry around a 10 pound weight in your backpack all day long, like extra 10 pounds and, and take that bitch off when you get home to take it out. You know what I'm saying? Or, to, or do, do it for your first period class and then take it out for the second period and see the fucking difference it makes. It's like, that's every pound counts, but what's more important is how you feel and um, this is advice I got. I forget who said this to me, but it's like I never, I never regret working out. The hardest thing is going to is get, getting to the workout and starting it. But when you're done, you're never like I wish I hadn't done that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, also, uh, one one thing I would 
add to that is there's lots of different ways to work out and different people like different ways to work out. So just because maybe you have in the past tried running, I fucking hate running. I've never had a problem with like weight or anything like that, but I fucking hate running, but I like rowing. I like lifting weights. I fucking hate Stairmaster and that kind of shit. Yeah. But he might find, I'm assuming it's a he, it was a he, right? We don't know. Yes. Yeah. So also like 260 pounds, like that's big, but like that's not crazy big. Yeah, that's not that big. It's not <laughs> that big. And well, he didn't say how tall he was. That's true. He didn't say how tall he was and maybe, I mean, you know, let's assume for a second that he's really short and he's mostly fat and he's never really worked out and has no muscle. Number one, I promise you, once you start working out, you're going to feel better. Feel better. After it, you're going to get some dopamine going when you start yep. working out and everything. But also... I mean, I'm 5'6", 230. So oh. it's like, that, you, know, it's, but, you know, it's not that big. Yeah. But but here, but here's the other side of it. Yeah. Don't be self-conscious, bro. I mean, yes. well, that's easy for me to say. But what I mean is don't isolate yourself. Because there's people out there that, that you know, the, the people that won't be your friend because you're big... Is fuck those people? They're, like, just be yourself, and 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 take and be be hygienic. That's one no, thing I wanted to bring up. Is you mentioned that the right. hy- the hygiene the thing. Hygiene. That's a lot of what because like nobody. I don't give a fuck how fat my friend is. Exactly. But if you smell bad, you I don't want to hang bad. out with you. And 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 you don't you know you don't you, you know your skin looking wild. It's like you you it's because. <clears throat> This is something I've had to learn. I've battled depression for a long time. And and self-care is this is a so lack of self-care is a symptom and self-care is also it's not a cure, but it's a catalyst for getting you out of cuz cuz depression is like it's like being in these valleys. It it ebbs and flows. Sometimes it hits for no reason. Sometimes you just wake up deep in the hole and 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 just accomplishing things is what pulls you out of it. Making your bed, washing your ass, you know, uh, brushing your teeth, getting a haircut, doing your laundry, knocking those little things out. Because taking care of yourself, um, there's something about taking care of yourself that makes other people. It makes it easier for other people to uh, to care for you. And, and and it's it's fucked up, but that is what it is. It's like it's almost like the the phenomenon where people like people are more likely to give a man in a suit a dollar on the street than uh, someone that looks homeless. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's something about people have this 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 deep down urge to contribute to something that is going to lead to something. Whereas, like a lot of people see giving their dollar to a homeless person as basically giving it away, and they see giving their dollar to a, a not homeless person as an investment, you know what I'm saying? And it, it's, but it's the same thing with with emotions. It's like people can pick up on when you don't give a fuck about yourself. Yeah, I, I what I would say to this person is like, listen, you're not in worse shape than Jack Black or Stavros right. Halkius or Bobby Moynihan or any, I mean, there's plenty of Chris Farley. Like people like. People who are heavy—that's not—that's not the thing. But this person, it's because of the culture that we live in. They feel bad about themselves because right. of their weight. It, yeah, and, it's, and it, that's it's self-directed. And, and again, like I know, I recognize that, like, because this this young man's eighteen. Yeah, absolutely. I'm damn near forty. 
and and I I I can't imagine growing up going through high school with Instagram and constantly being bombarded with images to compare yourself to and 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 so it would be easy for me as an 80s baby to tell you you know fuck social media that shit ain't real you know it's not most people's lives aren't that way don't look like that and and, because i don't know what's been you know what's been filling up your brain your whole life because it's a whole different experience than the way i grew up but i will tell you that i know what i know for a fact has always been true and will always be true no matter what generation is that when you when you when you get when you have a plan and you locked in on your purpose and you stick into that plan good things come into your life because you start being around people that are also locked in you know what i'm saying you get up every morning and go for a walk or or go for a run you start running into people that's walking and running instead of people that's sitting still you know what i'm saying and it's that kind of thing and slowly but surely people that didn't notice you before start noticing you you know, and here's the other thing too. Everybody knows you at 260, at 245, you sexy to them. They they gonna be like 15, let 15 pounds be your goal. At 245, people are like I'm sorry, 260, yeah, 45. That's 15 pounds, right? Yeah, yeah, because because people know that people notice that it's it's all uphill, it's all downhill from here for you. It's like just. To lose ten pounds, lose fifteen pounds, and people gonna notice even before you do. Even when you because here's here's the other thing too. When you when you've been overweight, that the 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 overweight person in you that hates themselves and that person that little person is always in in here. But and so you might lose fifteen pounds and still wake up and go, I'm fat, I'm gross, nobody's gonna be my friend, but someone's gonna notice. And and just that one. That's all it takes. Is it, it it build? If you just gather the strength to take the first step, um, the rest kind of will, will will slowly it will slowly build momentum. And before you know it, I don't know. You might, you know, hit your goal or not. I, Even if you two stay two sixty for the rest of your life, you're still worthy of love and friendship and all that. Just I'm just saying to start taking care of yourself and the losing weight thing will will happen organically. Yeah, I wouldn't even worry about the 10, 15 pounds. I would just say come up with, because you can't control how much weight you lose. Right, right. You know what I mean? You can't just will 15 pounds off your body. But you say like, hey, you know what? Every day I'm going to get up and I'm going to have my coffee and I'm going to go on a 15-minute walk. Yep. Even just something like that, that's something that you can control. You can control whether or not you go for a walk. Every morning. That's what I did, like, when, you know, on my first weight loss journey, because I used to be a little bigger. (laughs) um, What I did was I just said, every day I'm going to break a sweat. You know, and I didn't, I ain't have any particular routine or any particular thing, but I was like, every day I just want to break a sweat, whatever that means. You know what I mean? I got to run, chase the bus or whatever, but I'm going to break a sweat or, you know, play basketball or find, like, find a sport or whatever. And it's just that. It's just staying active because that's what really matters. It's not your weight. It's not any of that. It's, it's, it, it, the most important thing is you being active because that keep your heart healthy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, also, I just want to say, like, as a skinny, per- as a naturally skinny person, I've always been like a, a thin person. Uh, I've always had fat friends. I don't give a fuck how fat my <laughs> friends are. Right. So, so if 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 his issue is that you know he's having trouble dating or something like that, I think there's a similar thing where it's like you can still get you can still get your dick wet if you're a fat guy, but as far oh, as actually, as, you know what? Whoa, 
his his actual question was, what advice do you have for a self-conscious kid who wants to break out of their shell in college? He wasn't asking me how to lose weight. <laughs> well, no, He was just I, saying, I'm 260, and that makes me self-conscious. So what advice do you have for a self-conscious kid that's trying to break out of their shell? All right, so we'll just edit all that shit out. No, no, <laughs> no. no. What, what I would say, well, he's asking you. He's not asking me. But what I would say is um, understand... I'm saying this as a person who's always been fairly thin. I don't give a fuck that you're 260 pounds. Just be a cool fucking hang. Take care of your hygiene so that you're not grossing people out, which some people have an issue with. Uh, And just be a cool fucking hang. And nobody cares that you're 260 pounds. Yeah, nobody really cares. Um um and and yeah yeah I just say yeah just just focus on yourself focus on having a routine that is that is centered around caring for yourself and focus on on being social within the activities that you love and you'll and and it all just kind of comes can, together. Can I add one more one more thing to that? Sure. Um, he's he's asking about breaking out of his shell. Uh, go places. Because you're 18, he's 18 or 19 or, or 20, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. He's a freshman, right? So like, and he's transferring to a new school. You have a prime opportunity. Nobody really knows you or anything like that. You're a new face. You're a new person in all these different circles. Find a circle that is centered around a thing that you legitimately enjoy. Except magic. Don't do magic. Don't no. Don't do magic. No. 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 But if it's fucking board games or movies or mu- music or comedy or whatever it is, yeah. go to those places, keep showing up, be a cool fucking hang, and recognize that everybody else is fighting their own fucking battle, and everybody else is worried about being rejected, and if you're just like a cool, accepting person who's easy to be around, then you will find other people who want to be around you. You will attract other people who want to be around you. Yeah. Exactly. All right. One last quick one before I go. I got um My question is: Now that you are reaching some success, how do you stay grounded? I do not. My ego is out of fucking control, dude. And that's uh, that's facts. Is there any? Yep. I think that's everything. Dope. Okay. So this will be out next week. Next Thursday. It, so by the time you see this, I will be on a plane on my way to Philly, which gives you two, three. So so, so I'm, I'm flying in on Thursday. Shows Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So get them tickets. They might be sold out by then, to be honest with you. But, you know, you might get lucky. You might see the podcast and remind you, oh, shit, he on tour. And also, if you're not in Philly, I'm still on tour in all these other places. I'm going to be in Austin. For uh, Moon Tower, um, <clears throat> I'm gonna be in Dallas. I'm gonna be in uh, what's right after that? Ohio. Just all the places. Go to BS with Brian Simpson. Uh, I mean, go to sorry, go to BrianSimpsonComedy.com and uh, for the tour dates. Also, you can click on my link tree if you're on any of my social medias, which is BS Comedian. And thanks for tuning in, y'all. Fuck out of here. <laughs>